Hello everyone and welcome back to the Afrobeat Woman podcast. So this week I'm going to rewind it back to an Instagram live session that I had with Dewan Owens. November 25th through December 10th marks the annual International Day of Elimination of Violence Against Women and Girls. The 2021 theme is Orange the World and violence against women now. Dewan Owens is a professional athlete, self-defense instructor, and activist that's traveled internationally, positively impacting communities through his work. He, through knowledge and skill-based workshops, educates people about gender-based violence. Participants in this initiative for this year's theme include, but not limited to, iconic buildings and landmarks, colored orange, human rights activists lending their voice, and everyday people joining hands to at least try to make this world a better place. According to the United Nations Women Report, based on data from 13 countries since the pandemic, two in three women reported that they or women that they know experienced some form of violence and more likely to face food insecurity. Only one in 10 women said that the victims would go to the police for help. In this podcast discussion with Dewan, we try and break down the power dynamics of gender-based violence, self-defense, and common misconceptions surrounding gender-based violence. Welcome back to the Afrobeat Woman podcast. My name is Shiva Kamisri. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for joining me to talk about this gender-based violence. This is a really important topic for me because I don't know, it, I, I have experienced gender-based violence. Um, I don't know if you would call it that or just um, sexual molestation. I don't know if it's the same thing, if it's in the, it's, in the same group. Yeah, it falls under the umbrella. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. So, um, you know, being African or whatever, um, Okay, I'm not going to say it's all Africans. I'm just going to say, you know, coming from how I was raised and things like that, we don't really, aren't really um, encouraged to talk about anything like that. No, you know no what community. I mean? Exactly. Yeah, no community. It's exactly. exactly. So it took me till, it happened to me when I was like five. And it took me moving to the U.S., migrating to the U.S., to figure out what had actually happened to me. I didn't even know from the age of five till I was like 13. Mm -hmm. Because then that's when we were in school, we were talking about sex and, you know, sex education, because that, mm -hmm. it just wasn't there for me to learn or whatever back home. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely has, I think if I had learned about it earlier at an earlier stage or what had happened to me or whatever, I think, a lot would have uh, changed in my life in terms of like how I interact with um, male and sex and things like that. And that's why I'm so like passionate about speaking about women, anything women, anything women empowerment. So that's I right. would, that's, that's just my story, my interest in mm -hmm. wanting to speak about gender-based fine. So yeah, the floor is yours. Yeah, unfortunately, um, you're, experiences are not uncommon you know um as you said it's something that's not only is it un unspoken about um it's unspoken of often it's it's enabled you know it's swept under the rug so mm -hmm. in, in addition to the uh, predator in that situation 
you know, um, a lot of time it's the family, it is the community that has failed um, mm -hmm. um, too often these children. You understand? Even before we get into adulthood, um, a lot of the times it is the direct family, it's the community, um, and no institution is beyond reproach when it comes to that, whether it's the church, the school, or anything else. And, and as you said, um, it's good that we're having this discussion now because it's something that we need to address. And But one thing I want to say, and I'm not pushing back on it, but when you, when you said if you had uh, specific education earlier, some things uh, may have been, been different. Mm -hmm. it, could have, it could have altered the, the way you spoke about it or who you informed, but you know, sometimes we got to be careful not to blame ourselves in, in any way, because that's something that society does very often. Um, and it's so common that victim blaming is so prevalent, we don't even realize when we're victim blaming, right? Because victim blaming sometimes is not coming from a place of malicious intent. Um, mm -hmm. The psychology or uh, psychosis, if you will, behind that is, is us defending ourselves because the more innocent a so-called victim is, the more of an affront it is to us that the world is just and right and perfect. So we need to find some way to put some of the onus on, on the victim. You understand? Even if it's a child, someone will say, oh, well, you know, they were dressing this way, or you know not to be around grown folk, or you know not to be on your uncle's lap. Like, it's, it's really disgusting. So even mm -hmm. though, again, it's not coming from a place of maliciousness, it's easier, as with in other um, aspects of society, for people to confront someone who's powerless as opposed to um, confronting someone who's in the position of power. And through defense of themselves and someone they care about, they need to blame the victim because they'll say, this won't happen to me because I won't do this thing that someone did. Or this won't happen to someone I love because they won't do that thing or they won't be in that position. Mm -hmm. it, how often have we heard, as soon as you hear someone talks about a situation of um, sexual assault, you hear someone say, you know, but well, what did they have on? Or, you know, mm -hmm. or, or what time were they out? Or were mm -hmm. they drunk? As if any of these things are inviting, you understand, mm -hmm. someone mm -hmm. to, to, to harm us. So I don't want to get too heavy into the discussion early, but you know, I just wanted to, to, to say that because that's important for you to understand. Get that into none it. Of the, uh, yeah. On you. Get into it heavy because also, okay, I guess this is playing devil's advocate. Does, is, because that person was like early teens, maybe not even a teenager. Okay, definitely early teens. So, my thinking also, I've also heard this, is if it happens to them, then they're going to do it to somebody else innocently, not knowing that it's bad to do that. Is that is that an actual thing? No, I mean, here's the thing, you know, and I've heard that hurt people hurt people. But mm -hmm, if, mm -hmm. if, we, if we all go by that rule, at what point does the cycle stop? At what point do we say it's on the own? I'll tell you this, right? And I'm not saying it's the same thing, but there is a parallel there. There are things that happened to me as a child that because it happened to me as a child, I would never do those things, right? Whether it's like I was in a home where someone um, was a heavy drinker, you know, and there would be nothing in the refrigerator but some, some beer sometimes, or someone smoked, or someone was... Um, no, the, what I'm saying is that person was a child too. No, no, I know, I get that. But, but, but again, mm. like, what was... You said they were a teen. Yeah, definitely. I think so, so, so yeah. Let's, let's, think, let's think of it like this. I'm not someone who, who minimizes social constructs because they do matter. But there's a difference from the, the cognitive development of a teen um, and a child. Because I can tell you this. I can guarantee you without you telling me anything about it, the, the teen knew enough not to say anything. It knew mm -hmm. enough, it, mm -hmm. They knew enough to try to hide what they were doing. So mm -hmm. if you're old enough to hide what you were doing, you know what's wrong, you're old enough to, 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 to know what's wrong. And the thing is, the restraint doesn't change once we're older. 
unfortunately. You see what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. when adults get caught doing things, they too know what's wrong. But now mm -hmm. there's a, a slicker, there's more of a deceptive way to hide what they're doing. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. As, as this, as this said as well. Okay. All right. So let's get into verbal abuse. What form would verbal abuse get into sexual based, gender based violence? Yeah. So, so the thing with verbal abuse, I mean, we differentiated like verbal abuse. It's, it's abuse. It's a form of abuse, but let's be clear. It's not a weaker. It is actual abuse. Mm -hmm. Verbal abuse primes someone for sexual abuse, for physical abuse. See, no one is, no one is physically abused that isn't also verbally abused. You understand? Mm -hmm. it, 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 it disempowers, you know. Um, it, it breaks down someone's, uh, someone's spirit. It's also weaponized as a means to control. You understand? Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. something that doesn't feel um, confident enough to hold someone accountable, what is that What is that natural response to blame themselves? What did I do um, to make this person do this to me? Why is this mm -hmm. person doing this to me as opposed to someone else? What is it about me? So someone who has, um, you know, not, not to get too technical, but we'll call a, um, their internal locus of control. They don't feel like they're, they feel like the, situations around them have more impact on their life as opposed to what they decide to do they're going to be more likely to um for someone to prey on because a predator just wants an easy target you understand a predator mm -hmm. a lot of times like it is a crime of opportunity and predator, mm -hmm. the, the moral dilemma isn't like hey you know i will do this to this person because they can take it more it's i will be less likely to be caught more so there's a risk reward if someone was trying certain things with someone who let's say they felt was more confident then it's mm -hmm. more likely than that person would hold them accountable by telling someone else so I, so they want to disempower that person by breaking them down you understand and it's a yeah. very uh, deep psychology behind that that even if someone doesn't understand what they're doing they understand that if someone's in a weakened state they they see themselves as less valuable they feel that they're more deserving of harm you understand mm -hmm. cool all right so let's get into a myth an interesting myth violence against women is an issue that only concerns women oh yeah that is that is a, a, a very pervasive and troubling myth because the thing is and um i'm gonna say something that I, I want more people to be you know the most prevalent violence in the world is not gender-based violence it's actually violence against children you know, mm -hmm. and people don't under, people don't understand why this plays a part. Children are not some separate thing. They are they're young people. They're they're mm -hmm. they're future adults. Mm -hmm. Right. We won't get into, mm -hmm. you know, I don't I don't want to turn into a conversation about um, about gender. But but I, but I'll say there are people that are going to be socialized to have certain roles in society. Mm -hmm. What happens to them during those formative years affects their outlook on life. So going back to your point where you said hurt people hurt people it's not that that's um necessarily wrong but mm -hmm. it's 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 lazy thinking it's sloppy like there's more there's more to the context but the essence of that message is true you understand um mm -hmm. children are the only people that you're allowed to legally abuse but we don't call it abuse people say spanking mm -hmm. oh i don't beat my kids i spank them mm -hmm. i don't beat my kids but i discipline them it's like well you're causing physical pain on someone who, who is, is odd because when it comes to an adult that's making us mad, 
on the street that we don't know, we'll find the damn discipline, right? We'll come up with the self-control, you understand? But when it comes mm -hmm. to children, now we must act on that and then we'll justify it as if, oh, I'm trying to, you know, this is really for your protection. When, when really we're, we're angry and sometimes the powerlessness and frustration, the, the child is not only the, um, the, the victim of choice because they're less likely to hold you accountable, there's much less instruments um, legally to hold a, someone accountable for abusing um, a child in certain ways, because all striking is still abuse. So anyway, to tie it to tie it back into to tie it back into your point, women are socially, you know, um, historically are the primary caretakers of children, mm -hmm. and this is not just about their biological children. Even if we think of the school system, you understand most most teachers. Mm -hmm. Are, are women. So when we think about how people internalize that, it also affects how they treat children. You understand? And, and, and another thing I want to push back on, you didn't, you didn't say this, but, but this comes up a lot. When an adult harms a child, especially if it's a woman, someone could say, well, that's internalized, you know, patriarchy, or it's because she was abused that, that she mm -hmm. did this. And, and the thing is, like, we have to be aware of at what point is accountability doing how we hold people accountable. Someone can be, so like there can be causation, but that doesn't mean the consequence for that is the onus isn't still on the person. Prime example, um, I hate to even mention this, but it's such an easy example that people um, um, know about. When you talk about um, R. Kelly, people understand like, oh, yo, he was abused as a child. Okay, mm -hmm. we understand that. That's something mm -hmm. that we need to address in society, but it doesn't make mm -hmm. him immune from accountability for what he did. People can understand that when it's a male. We, we have to understand that when, for on, a, on a human level because the child doesn't di differentiate and say, hey, this harm is less because it's coming from a feminine body. They're still affected the same, the same way. They're still mm -hmm. equating power and, and violence and power mm -hmm. and control to like, okay, the way I keep from being harmed is get into a position of power where I'm the one who's actually abusing. And there's different types of uh, power. It's not always physical power. Sometimes it's, it's financial power, you know, it's institutional mm -hmm. power if someone's uh, backed by a certain job or if they're in a, there's a hierarchy based on um, someone's rank or something like that. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's get into power dynamics. Okay. I think I started tapping into that a little bit uh, earlier. Yeah, so you did. Fast. Power dynamics. Um, yes, in intimate partner violence, how does that play a role into gender-based violence? Oh, yeah. So, well, first thing, um, I want to differentiate uh, intimate partner violence and gender-based violence. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm, not, I'm not prioritizing. I want to talk to the family that's watching real quick. Y'all, this is a family discussion. Um, I'm not prioritizing anyone's feelings. I'm just speaking on uh, reality. So I'll try to uh, not be crass, but I'm not going to sacrifice the, the truth of something to kind of be tiptoeing through the tulips, as, as old folks used to say. You understand? So, so, so that being said, Intimate partner violence is just violence between people who are either in an intimate relationship or have been or have been intimate at some point. So most um, so that that could be male and female relationships. That could be male and male relationships can be um, female and female relationships or anyone outside of the, the binary. You understand? Mm -hmm. It's just mm -hmm. about two um, people who have chosen to be in an intimate relationship. Now, the reason child sexual child abuse doesn't fall under intimate partner violence is because the child is not um, mm -hmm. old enough to consent, even if the child does consent. 
even if the child is 14 and 15, they, they cannot legally consent. So that doesn't fall under intimate partner violence. You understand? Um, now, when we talk about gender-based violence, primarily gender-based violence is it's not one directional. It can be bi-directional. But from a biological perspective, we understand the differences between, um, I'll say, masculine and, and feminine mm -hmm. expressive mm -hmm. people. Again, y'all, I'm trying to I'm trying not to let my point get uh, missed in the um, politics, you mm -hmm. know, lack of a better word. But we understand the biological um, um, differences and advantages. So for the most part, when we think of gender-based violence, it is primarily um, male on female or basically male on non-males. You understand? Mm -hmm. And that is because the, not only the physical power dynamic that's there often, but the social power dynamics as well. And one thing that's unfortunate about that, if someone is not a man, you know, normally I would say a, a woman, but someone is not a man, they're in a relationship with a man and they need to hold this man accountable legally. Let's be honest. Uh, Steve, I'm going to ask you this question. How, how do they hold that man accountable? The legal system, the police, right? Mm -hmm. Who, who's numerically, statistically more likely to come to hold that man accountable? Another man. Yeah, yeah. Say, oh, well, what if it's a what if it's a woman um, officer? Okay, who's mm -hmm. who's her boss? You know what I'm saying? Okay. The higher yeah, you go yeah, up, yeah. it's gonna be some man at the top, and and mm -hmm. to be honest, more likely it's gonna be some white man. The higher you go up, but regardless of what, the instrument that um, someone who's not a man, a, a woman, has to use to hold him is another uh, man. So that's when the prevalence of not only patriarchy, but the I'll say the westernized um, manifestation of, of patriarchy. It benefits predators. You know, we we live in a victim blaming society. You understand? Mm -hmm. um, we are all socialized to um, to victim blame, and mm -hmm. all of this, even though they're separate things, they they're intertwined and they are um, they're joined together in a sophisticated system with mm -hmm. checks and balances that um, unfortunately um, favor people who are. Um, predators, lack of a better word. Okay, well, this brings me to a really good point. Another myth. There's nothing we can do to stop violence against women. Yeah, that's that's not true. And and the thing is that that is very lazy. Okay? Um, <laughs> it's not the same thing, but one parallel I'll make is when people say things, oh, well, no matter what, you know, white supremacy will exist or this or that. Whatever system of oppression will exist, so we might as well go along and get along. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. I said, is lazy. Well, here's what's going to happen. Um, nothing is going to change on its own. I'll tell you that, right? Mm -hmm. Another thing we have to understand is that, uh, you know, this is an issue that affects everyone. This is not a women's issue. You mm -hmm. understand? We're all, there's no society where women exist in the world alone or men exist in the world mm -hmm. alone or mm -hmm. anyone outside of the, the gender binary exists in the world alone. We are literally, I mean, I'm talking, forget socially, from a biological perspective, dependent upon each other, you understand, for our, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. our very survival. So that being mm -hmm. said, um, yeah, how we, we need each other. Now what, we, now, what we must do to combat that, I didn't say it's easy, mm -hmm. is the recruiting not only more people, but especially men in these conversations around um, discussing gender-based violence. So not to go off topic, but I want to I wanna touch on something that when you ask that question, it makes me think about. This space of um, 
intimate partner violence uh, and, and gender-based violence prevention, it is obviously heavily dominated by women, but, mm -hmm. and that, and, and, you know, that speaks to it, right? But in addition mm -hmm. to that, it is promoted as something that's just them, that's just them. Mm -hmm. And the thing mm -hmm. is, mm -hmm. when we talk about um, not only causation, but not responding to something after the fact, when we focus on preventive measures, if we say men are more likely in intimate partner violence relationships to be the one who's initiating physical violence, then that means that men are a crucial piece of the solution to solve that, you mm -hmm. know? And so we have to do, we have to do a better job of that. Mm -hmm. So are you going to do more workshops? Say it again? <laughs> are you going to do more workshops? Your workshops, you know, your workshops. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm never going to stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm never, I'm never going to stop doing um, workshops on um, gender-based violence um, prevention, but, but, but speaking of the the workshops, so what I what I try to do is um, it's a touchy subject. It's not an exciting subject. Mm -mm. So it's not that I want to make it exciting to people, but I want to make it relevant to people. Mm -hmm. I saw someone mention uh, Tony K. Bambara in the comments. I didn't see the context of what she said, but um, mm -hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna quote Tony. Tony said, mm -hmm. "The role of the artist is to make the revolution sexy." Now I know um, this isn't specifically. Yeah. Um, from an artist perspective or a revolutionary perspective, but for anyone who is putting in any community work, um, if we'll switch out sexy, we have to make it relevant. We have mm -hmm. to make it something that we're not boring people um, into something. So that being said, um, when I teach the workshops, I try to focus on um, self-defense techniques, but mm -hmm. we use the self, and I'm gonna, I'll be um, transparent here. We use the self-defense seminars as a, um, as a uh, incubator to mm -hmm. get conversations about gender-based violence started. Because if mm -hmm. I'm teaching techniques, then it's like, oh man, you know, this is some, this is some fly shit I'm learning, right? People mm -hmm. are excited about mm -hmm. it. Oh, yo, this actually works, right? Mm -hmm. You know, they're sweating, the dopamine's going, people are feeling good. They're more mm -hmm. receptive to this because the ties that bind are already there. This is now it's a communal thing. Um, depending on the space, if I'm speaking to just men, or especially if I'm picking two men around a group of women, then it's like people are feeling attacked. Their masculinity or their manhood is attacked. If I'm speaking to just women, which again I told you I don't I don't separate um, mm -hmm. seminars by, by gender because we live mm -hmm. in a world that's not separated, right? But if mm -hmm. I speak to just women, then it, it can be a like, well, who's he to speak about this to us? In in addition to that, my work as someone who's a part of um, lack of a lack of a better word, the oppressor class, is to talk to men more about this and work with men, not be around a lot of people who aren't men and you know trying to show like, hey, I'm different from the rest of them. That's you know, I'm gonna tell y'all right now, fam. Don't 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 trust anybody who does goofy shit like that. Um, let me let me let me reel it back in. But um, but but that but that being said, um, through the self defense seminars mm -hmm. and that kind of commonality and making it kind of fun, you'll find that people are more receptive to it. So so we insert um conversations about consent, gender based violence, intimate partner violence, um, maybe depending on the crowd and the age, predator psychology. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, bystander intervention, situational awareness, mm. third-party signaling, and a few a few other things. A long, wow. Lack of a better word. There's a, there's a lecture portion, and there is mm -hmm. a technical portion. So mm -hmm. we mix in the technique with the physical stuff, and we try to make it just a real fly educative party, like of a better yeah. word. Okay. Well, I saw you did a workshop. I don't know. I know it was just, um, it was based on the technique. I don't know if it had anything to do with 
any of the information that you're talking about now, but I saw you did something in Uganda. So was it only physical yeah. work? You don't, do you also do the teaching of the techniques, uh, like anything that happens mentally and things like that? Well, so, so, so one thing I try to do is I try to put them together. So, so what's important to me in the world is obviously um, equipping people to combat some of the backwards ass social dynamics that are, mm -hmm. that are the norms, you understand? And, and changing the social norms and convincing people that like, y'all, I saw to say this all the time, you know, um, we don't serve culture, culture serves us. So if some aspect of the culture isn't working, then the onus is on us to change it. There's mm -hmm. no ordained shit that says, hey, because we've always done this, now we must continue to do this. You understand? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. so I like conjoining them. Now, mm -hmm. professionally, I'm, I'm a prize fighter because we still in this damn capitalist system. So I gotta, you know, I gotta, I gotta slang them things to get this paper. But, mm -hmm. but so I do teach some techniques from a technical perspective, but that's more for martial artists. Whenever mm. I'm teaching seminars, I don't, I don't care about someone being an athlete, being a martial artist or anything like that. I'm mm -hmm. trying to equip them with techniques, not only to um, give them some tools if they're ever mm -hmm. to be in a situation that I hope mm -hmm. they ever have to use. But more important than that is the confidence that you instill through them mm -hmm. seeing the validity of the techniques. Because a lot of times people don't set boundaries because they don't feel like they can enforce them. You understand? And setting boundaries is very important. Um, from um, I don't want to give off topic, but if we think about predator psychology, I told you before, a predator wants an easy target. You mm -hmm. understand? So when you, we don't set boundaries, that doesn't mean it's our fault when something happens, but predators like to play in the in-between. They like to play in the vague. They like to play in the gray area. They like to play and they're like, oh, well, you know, they didn't exactly say no, you know? And mm -hmm. when we talk about... When we talk about um, sexual assault and mm -hmm. sexual violence, one myth that we want to push back on is this, I, this 80s, you know, propaganda shit where there's some person you don't know jumping out the bushes and they're like, ha ha, got you. Statistically, that's the furthest thing uh, from the truth. Mm -hmm. um, that, the overwhelming, say it again? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, the overwhelming majority of the time, uh, the vast majority of the time, it is someone that, um, the person who, has been victimized is familiar with mm -hmm. you know someone they they know you understand whether from a, a familiar perspective or a communal perspective maybe they're in the same social network you understand mm -hmm. so this person already has a base level comfort so like so that's what i mean so when it comes to setting boundaries like us like um one thing that we want to differentiate the only thing that that separates a, a command from a request is our tone and our body language so so see but you can mm -hmm. say something to me but the way you say it dictates whether it can be interpreted as, um, you know, you asking me or you telling me. So mm -hmm. one thing I try to tell people, when you, when you say something, that doesn't mean that someone is necessarily going to listen. But it means mm -hmm. when you say something in this way, now you don't have to wonder, mm -hmm. you know, what they're going to do. I clearly stated this. I drew this line, this metaphorical line, and they stepped over the, this line. Now I don't have to wonder what level of escalation to take it to. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So let's get into this one. We kind of sort of started with this. Domestic violence is a private family matter. Violence, violence against women. Yeah. Domestic violence is a private family matter. I know this yeah. is the social media space and like everybody thinks that they can share certain things and people are going to take it the way they should. Personally, 
I started this live off saying what I had to say about how I've been affected by gender-based violence, but I just want to put out there, it's important to get the help that's needed. Everyone deals with violence differently. Everyone, like, um, how they deal with whatever, it, it, it's different. Um, I, it took me a while. Um, I can still say I'm still going through it, but I know my triggers. I know what I was doing wrong mm -hmm. over the years. So me talking about this, I'm more comfortable. But ask me two years ago, I would not be on a live telling you what, how gender-based violence has affected my life. Um, so I'd like you to speak to that. Yeah, so let me say one thing. Like, like a little bit earlier, when you say something, it's not becoming, but I always want to push back on something. When you say, um, you know some things you were doing wrong, we'll reframe it and say, now you have more tools or you're more equipped to do things okay. because you were never uh, yeah. doing anything wrong. Okay, yeah. so you got okay. more tools, okay. man. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah, when we talk about um, people talking about, oh, this is a family thing, like, family, this is what we got to understand. Shame is weaponized to mm -hmm. protect and enable violence, okay? But for me to be shamed, I've got to I've have to accept someone else's judgment of me. Some someone will guilt you into into not allowing them to continuously harm them. Why why should we mm -hmm. give a damn what what an abuser thinks? Of course, they're going to use every tactic. And and the thing is, as a community, people, you know, unfortunately, again, you know, if we talk about statistically and we talk about men um, and um, gender-based violence, will protect people who are in a position of power because they don't want that power directed against them. You understand? And like I said, we see that in all sorts of institutions. We see it in, in churches. We see it in schools. Um, um, even higher education anyone who's in any position to influence people know like oh okay it's easier for me to try to calm this person down or alter their perception of it and, and and address their reaction to the harm than really holding this person who's in a position of power accountable and if we honest about it, if we're honest about it it, it it boils down to cowardice it's cowardice you understand so it is a it is everybody's issue. So if somebody wants to say the family, yeah, good. We all family, all of us, goddammit. So mm -hmm. we're gonna affect mm -hmm. it. Because through addressing it now, there's so many there's so many people and situations that haven't happened, so many a chain of events that hasn't happened yet that I could be stopping if I address this now. You understand? If mm -hmm. I address this now, if this if this goes unchecked, where is the um incentive for this person not to do this? You know, mm -hmm. and, and not only the incentive for them not to do in the future, where's the accountability for what they've done? Mm -hmm. So we all have to be strong about that. We all have to not prioritize, you know, people trying to weaponize shame against us. Um, we have to prioritize not giving a damn about being, you know, in the out group or social leper in some group, even if it's family. You know, so what? Mm -hmm. if, if, my, if my loyalty or my allegiance is to my family, then it's to my bloodline. I want to get this dysfunction and, 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 and evil out of my bloodline. That's the most loyal thing I could do to, to my family. You, mm -hmm. you understand? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so basically that's the general basis of what I wanted to cover in regards to gender-based violence. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add? Yeah, I'll, I'll throw in a few things, family. So obviously this was a, a short live. You know, I, I want people to the extent that, that you can mm -hmm. um, 
have a conversation about people, have a conversation with people that you love about gender-based violence. Educate mm -hmm. yourself about um, intimate partner violence. Um, educate yourself about accountability. Um, when you fall into some of the traps that enable this stuff, one, um, basically harm and shame and the weaponization of language through jokes, you know, catch yourself and catch someone else. And not, don't and not only hold them accountable, but hold their feet to the fire when they try to kind of play it off. Oh, I was just joking. And ask, well, how was that funny? You know, make them explain why this inappropriate thing was funny. Because family language sets the tone for acceptance. Language is a very, very powerful thing. And Sheba and I um, broke this down. When, you know, we had a, a conversation before we got on. And I want you know this bullshit that we were taught when we were young that. You know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. That's bullshit. Words do hurt. And not only do they hurt, they enable and they, again, align with actual violence, you know, to maintain that violence. So that's mm -hmm. the first attack, the, um, the, what we'll call psychic violence. That's the mm -hmm. first attack. You know, that's how mm -hmm. people maintain um, violence. That's how, mm -hmm. that's what keeps people from responding in the most natural way that we should respond um, in defense of ourselves by shaming us and making us think that, you know, we're unworthy of someone um, holding this person accountable. Or again, this person did this thing to us because of some deficiency on our part. So if we understand that from a psychological perspective and how it affects adults, then family, we got to understand how this affects children who see mm -hmm. adults as the authority on everything right so your so our passivity right and not holding people accountable um us co-signing goofy shit turning a blind eye to goofy shit um supporting goofy shit and and and, and when i say supporting i'm talking about the the, the things that we listen to on the radio the things mm -hmm. that people watch on tv we can't sit here and talk about these problems but support artists that that joke about um uh, sexual violence that joke mm -hmm. about drugging people that joke about mm -hmm. drugging people and then um sexually assaulting them while while they're not um coherent you mm -hmm. understand because if someone is mm -hmm. not sober then they can't consent mm -hmm. right so i'll see mm -hmm. well anyway i don't i don't want to get off topic but but what i'll say is we all have we all can do more so i'm doing mm -hmm. the way i will answer that is not enough you understand you say, oh the one what are you trying to do to stop gender-based violence you know um I I can mm -hmm. do more and I will do more and, and we all need to do more, you know? Speaking mm -hmm. of doing more, um, I asked you whether you actually go beyond the fighting part um, when you do your workshops, like, for instance, um, on the continent, because mm -hmm. I wanted to know, I mean, we'll talk about this off topic, but I think it's important for adults to know that it's okay to be open-minded and speak about these things because it affects their children anyway. You know what I mean? Like, you know? Yeah. So if they can be open-minded and speak about these things, it, it works better for everybody. And when it comes to um, language, I can tell you for free right now, that is the thing that has affected me the most. Um, uh, yeah. Verbal abuse. Yeah. Not even not even sexual abuse. Verbal abuse. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So that that is, is something I deal with to this day. And I probably will deal with for the rest of my life. But anyway, I thank well, you for this. Well, well I'll, I'll say this. this. I'll, I'll say this. Yeah. Um it's something that you may have to confront, mm -hmm. but you don't have to accept it. You know? Mm -hmm. Um and, and, and one thing that we all have to do is when we're in community with each other. 
we mm. protect each other. You understand? So sometimes it's easier for us to be as, as a bystander, as someone who's not the um, the focus of mm -hmm. the assault. Because mm -hmm. to be clear, verbal violence is assault. You understand? Mm -hmm. You you are weaponizing mm -hmm. language. It's psychic violence. Like I said, the, the effects of that, we don't have to get on how, 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 how serious that is, you know? Um, and again, it's also inextricably linked to physical violence, to sexual violence, because they go hand in hand, you know? And again, they're all for the purpose of, lack of a better word, weakening that person, breaking that person mm -hmm. down, making them more receptive to harm so they're not as likely to hold us accountable. So you may have to confront that often, but you don't have to um, accept that forever. And, and also um, for everyone else, um, recruiting each other and, and holding each other accountable, um, holding ourselves accountable, having these conversations. Family, it, it comes to a point where you know, we're not in school. We're not, we're not children anymore. Prioritizing, you know, going with the flow because everybody else is doing it. Like, who cares? You know, mm -hmm. like, who gives a damn? Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, like, it, I, I, I'm, I'm, to be honest with you, I don't want to, but I, it's, it's very frustrating sometimes when I see people doing things that they know are harmful, that they know are wrong, you know, but then are, they'll be hypocrites and talk to children and say, oh, well, why do you care what your friends think? Why you this? Why you that? But like you do, but we do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Too many of us do the same thing. Or why you? Mm -hmm. Why you supporting this? Why this is? But as adults, we do the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. But we'll justify it with, with with the goofiest reason. And because we're not in a position to be held accountable in a way that children do, it's prevalent. And because our mm -hmm. friends are doing it and our social circle is doing it, you know. So that being said, mm -hmm. when you mm -hmm. find yourself, our, our loyalty should be to, uh, to truth and and justice and and, and equity. Um, that's what we should be. That's the only thing we should be loyal to. We don't answer to nothing else. That's the only law that we should answer to. Um, mm -hmm. Laws of conscience and laws of morality. I try to say this all the time. If that aligns with your religious doctrine, cool. If it aligns with uh, legality from a um, national perspective, like the actual laws, cool. But if it mm -hmm. deviates from that, I'm still staying that straight course with what's morally right. I don't give a damn whether it's legal. I don't give a damn whether it's, um, you know, allowed in someone's doctrine or not. Because not only can do these things can and do these things change, people's interpretation of it has often been weaponized as well. So, you know, I don't want to go on a spiel, but that's 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 um, something I know that I want to end it. No, go on a spiel. Go on a spiel. I, I lost my train of thought, but you said something that really stood out to me. Um in the beginning, I can't really remember now, but um, if there's anything else you'd like to add, I don't think Yeah, I think we, 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 yeah, we went over the, the gist of, I mean, to the extent that we can within this time, but, but one thing I'll mm -hmm. say again, family, um, let's, let's continue to educate ourselves and not only educate ourselves, but through that education, actually do things. I, one thing I try to say often, and I'll say it again, the only measure of liberatory work is that work's ability to transform reality. So just mm -hmm. collecting knowledge and sitting on knowledge, if you ain't doing that with it, family, it, it does nothing. You know, or weaponizing mm -hmm. knowledge to debate other folk, it does nothing. Your mm -hmm. knowledge should, um, you know, it should, it should become something that's actionable. Through the knowledge, mm -hmm. it, must, it must do create a change in you. And through that change in you, it, it changes your behavior. Through your change in behavior, it affects your mm -hmm. social circle. Your, do your social circles That's what I'm change the behavior? Mm -hmm. That affects everyone. Yes, that's so what I was going to say. Um, 
Yes, that's what I was going to say in terms of like us as adults telling kids what to do and us, we're not even doing that ourselves. When I said that I knew my triggers, um, this coming into this year and just everything that we went through last year, I decided to not drink as much. I decided to um, eat healthier. I started eating more fruits and vegetables a lot more and like i saw a total transformation so i'm just like you know what there's something about the number 21 they say 21 days make a habit or whatever but if i think it takes much less once you make the decision to to do something you you can actually do it so um yeah so this year i decided to eat better and drink less and not smoke at all you know any kush anyway um so that's just my because i knew i've gone through too much trauma to continue to to go a certain place and get all emotional and something is that i don't even give a damn you know what i mean so like why would i even you know why would i do that to myself so listen yeah don't don't minimize that that's that's very significant Uh, family if Mm -hmm. if we again i don't want to get off topic but but i want to say so much of this the dysfunction in our community is because of escapism we, mm-hmm. we are trying to find a temporary release from so, some sort of um, trauma that we've experienced. And of course, the continual, the continual trauma that exists because of the oppressive systems now. But family, the thing with escapism, once that high, whatever it is, wears off, you still have to confront that problem. That problem is still there, you know? And I think, and this is lastly, I ain't gonna go in, but lastly. Going, going, going. There is a <laughs> movement now Mm -hmm. where this idea that you know liberation is doing whatever the hell you want to do regardless of how it affects you or anybody else that's the furthest Mm -hmm. thing from truth or Mm -hmm. this idea that you know freedom is just only doing something that that makes me happy like happiness can't also be something that's harmful to us or harmful to someone else but or, or if we have to um, if our happiness is based on something that harms someone else in another way, we have to mm-hmm. really kind of interrogate that. Okay. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and like I said, on a personal perspective, look, I, I'm, I'm proud of you. Keep it going. Spend those you. days together. And, and when you, if you ever have a setback, avoid the trap of what we tend to do as humans sometimes. It's like, oh, well, you know, I, I ate this or I drunk this. Well, fuck it. You know, I'm, let mm-hmm. me just go ahead and just do more now. Cause we'll, we'll, we'll play that game on with mm-hmm. ourselves. We'll, you know, so um, let's say, okay, I did this. I enjoyed it. Now let me earn it. Let me go mm-hmm. twice as hard or let me get back on it. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a little mm-hmm. thing that I have to deal with myself when I'm cutting weights for fights and things like that. Mm, okay. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Dawn. This has been amazing. I hope you've been inspired to beat to the drum of your own divine purpose. Till next time, I'll catch you later. Bye-bye.